Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. God to our lives. Amen. One, two. Welcome, Pastor. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'd like to invite my better half to come up here. Someone bring a phone to her. The reason of my life, 29 years of honeymoon. Miriam, please come. Can she use this mic, Pastor, or that one there? Mommy, greet the church and say whatever's in your heart, please. Praise the Lord. So good to be in a different church. We are here pastoring, helping pastoring a church in Miami. Um, North Miami. Yes. Miami Gardens in that area, with a Brazilian congregation, and we are helping the Spanish congregation. We've been in America for almost 29 years. We got married, and we are 29 years of marriage, and we came to America to be missionaries to America. And that is the only reason we are here. He was a pastor, a Presbyterian pastor, a reverend, <laughs> from the traditional church, but he never been traditional. Um, no, been kicked out many times. So he has a very good um, story about being kicked out of churches because of the Holy Spirit. Since he was born, his mother was a powerful missionary that would heal the sick and re- uh, cast out the demons. And he, she was my mom's best friend. My mom had eight kids, and my mom is a preacher and a lawyer. And his mother was a full-time missionary and had nine kids. Eight boys, one girl. My mom had six girls and two boys. And they used uh, to preach together and heal the sick together when I was a little girl. And my mom once told her, when the kids grow up, they should uh, meet one another and get married. Because we are such a good family to preach the gospel. <laughs> and by the way, he's my second cousin, my mom's first cousin. So 19 years later, I met this man, my first boyfriend, and I didn't need another one. <laughs> you agree? I didn't need another one. When I saw him, I knew that's my pastor. Because I was seven years old, I came from a family of professionals. My daddy a dance, my mom a lawyer. Never we had a pastor or a missionary or a musician in the family. Seven years old, I looked at my mom and I said, I was seven, remember that. Mom, I know everything that's going to happen to me in my life. Oh, really? What's going to happen to you? Oh, I'm going to be a pianist. I'm going to marry a pastor. And I'm going to be a missionary to the United States of America. I never met an American until I left Brazil. <laughs> I came from a, a town in Brazil that's far away from Rio or Sao Paulo, Goiânia. That means no Americans there, <laughs> no English at all. And my mom looked at me and said, okay, I can't help you with the pastor, and I can't help you with this missionary call to America, but I sure can help you with the music. Next year, you are going to start your piano lessons. So I graduated in music, 13 years of conservatory, 
pianist just to marry the pastor because he had asked the Lord, Lord, please send me a pianist. Never again, I played the piano only for Jesus. Chopin Beethoven in Brazil for 29 years, worshiping the Lord and teaching my kids to be musicians, what they are now. My kids are the musicians, my husband is the musician. I just preach. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay, Lord, I did my part of music there because now I'm going to preach. I'm going to be a pastor's wife. I'm going to preach. And I'm going to go to America because God called me to this nation. I was seven years old. And the audible voice, God spoke to me in Brazil. For two years, I was praying every night. For age five, I started praying. Lord, I want to give my whole life to God. I don't want to waste one day of my life. My whole life has to have a purpose and it's to save souls. If I'm going to be alive on earth, I don't want to live one day for anything else but the best. And why I was so radical? I was very radical because I was born to die. The doctors told my mom, sorry, this baby can't live. Eight months, my mom went to hospital with hemorrhage, and the doctors couldn't do anything for the baby. But my dad was a man of God. Praise God for men that, that really trust in the Lord. And my dad, he prayed, God, give me my baby. He didn't know if he was a boy or a girl. By the time, so long ago, he said, that, uh, God, if you save my baby, I promise to give this baby to you. God heard his prayer. I'm alive because of my daddy's prayer. But the Lord saved me from death. But all kinds of sickness. I got there in the hospital for 30 days. I was there. And after I left, I was a sick child, a sick baby for five years that could die any time. I never could play. I never could do anything kids do until five. I was very sick every day, shots every day. So by age three, my mom just, she couldn't handle any more this sick babe because I looked like a baby. I was three years old. I looked like no more than a year and a half. Very small and frail, very frail. Miriam, stop crying. You cry too much because of the shots and the medicine was really bad. I had to leave your medicine. You have to call. And I want to finish with this. Because that's for me. I'm 50 years old. But was when I was three years old, I made a decision that changed my life. And that's why I married Paul and brought him to America. Indeed, I asked him in marriage. And I told him, you want to marry me? Excuse me, with one condition. If you leave your wonderful Presbyterian church, give you full salary, being a Presbyterian pastor is as good as in America. You have everything. You have your car, your salary, and your reputation. You are a reverend. And I told him, I don't want to marry anybody with a reputation. I want to marry one that has just one desire to save a nation that is lost, America. Because God told me, they left my ways. And if somebody does not go there and tell them that they need to come back, it's going to be too late for America. I was seven years old, and God told me, 
America was far away from the Lord. And God loves this nation so much that he wants everyone to come to America that received the gospel and come here. So I, three years old, my mom said, Mary, stop crying and call. Call on the name of Jesus because he's the only one who can give you health. No doctors can heal you. Mom and daddy can't heal you, but Jesus can. But there is one problem, my daughter. Jesus lives far away from Brazil. He lives in heaven. And until he hears you calling on him and come to Brazil and come to our city here in Goiânia, it's two hours from the capital, Brasilia, so it's very inner city in the heart of Brazil. And then find our address could take many months or years. <laughs> Very encouraging. So you have to keep calling. Yes, yeah, she was Presbyterian, yes. If you've been traditional, you know how to pray. Lord, if it is your will, save this person. And if it's not you, let him go to hell, Lord. That is a Presbyterian prayer. Never pray it. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I want my son to be saved today. That's how we should pray. It's today's the day of salvation, right? But my mommy didn't know better, and he told that, and I believed in my mom. But praise God, he was very faithful. And for two years, I never cried again, never. But I would stay hours in the, when the pain was really bad, calling on the name of Jesus, knowing that one day he would find my address. He did. I was five. And he came three nights following to my bedroom, inside my bedroom, audible voice, three nights calling on my name, Miriam, Miriam. And the same exact experience I had was the, I mean, Samuel had in the Bible. I had that, just the same. Indeed, the rebuke was against my mom. She was the preacher. But she had problems with something there that the Lord wants to do something radical. The Lord wants to bring revival to Brazil. And he had a plan to use in my family to start that revival. But my mom was very caught up in things like raising her eight kids in the professional world and not with the call. So the Lord was calling her through the little five-year-old girl. Audible voice. What is so important about that experience besides that after three days he came to heal me 100%, never I've been sick for 45 years. I don't know what is a hospital. I don't know what a headache is. I don't have any pain in my body. And I was the only one in the whole family from cousins and everybody that was sick for five years every single day. And I don't know what pain is until today. He gave me a perfect health to serve him because I promised him when he healed me, from now on, every single day I live, I will give to you, God. A hundred percent, not a little bit. I will give it all. But to preach the gospel and save anybody that you put in front of me, I'm going to preach. Seven years old, God called me to America. And with this, I finished because... That's the only reason that we are here. And that's the only reason I think you are here too. 
look at the words God gave me and should be your words to receive today for this specific. Maybe you are questioning today, Lord, I've been in America for so long just to have a good job, just to have money, just to have a nice place to live. Excuse me. Jesus is coming back, and the world is going to go to hell if we don't save the world. If you don't save Miami, Miami is going to perish. Just think about the times of Hitler. Hitler was there, and everybody was like having a nice life until he started killing all the Jews and killing all the people. And that killing would never have stopped if the Americans and the other nations would stop them. We are the people of God that can stop, you know, these so many people going to hell every day. And the Lord spoke to me, seven years old. He said, go to America. Because for two years, I decided I would be a missionary. I would go to another nation. I would give my life to save God. And I only prayed one prayer for two years. Jesus, I've decided to give my whole life to you. Now tell me the name of the country I should go. Two years, the only prayer, and nobody knew about it, but God. Seven, God spoke. It's United States of America. Immediately, when I heard his voice, I went to my mom's bedroom. She was almost sleeping, and I woke her up and said, Mom, finally God told me the name of the country. I'm going to be a missionary in America. My mom, by the way, besides being a lawyer, she was a geography and a history teacher. So she told me, Miriam, tell God, America does not need any Brazilian missionary. They have the best churches in the world, and they have the most wonderful pastors there. They don't need any Brazilian to go there and preach to them. If you want to be a missionary, ask the Lord to send you to Africa or to India. And I went back and told the Lord, God, my mom told me to tell you that you're a liar. Because my mom said, you, you are telling me that America needs missionaries from Brazil, and they don't need, you don't know they have the best church, the best pastors are there. My mom told me that you don't know anything. And she knows everything because she's a teacher, so she's supposed to know everything. And she told me to tell you that you don't know. You are doing something wrong. You have to send me to Africa or to India. By the way, Lord, where is Africa and where is India? I had no clue about the geography. And with this came my call that I hold until today and forever dear in my heart. Audible voice said, Miriam, tell your mother that the only reason her name is written in the book of life. Never heard about the book of life. Tell your mother that the only reason her family has their name written in the book of life, your name, Miriam, is written in the book of life, and there are many angels here now in heaven writing down Brazilian names in the book of life. Because one day, the Americans left United States of America, went to Brazil, and evangelized your nation. They gave their life for your nation to save you, to save your family. Now you grow up, go to America and give your life to them. Pay this debt. Amen. We are here to pay a debt. They've been to all the world and now you're back to them.
one's mine. Okay. I love you. The mute was up, okay. Um, these are some of the things that we, the Lord allowed us to learn, to use, to attract people to Him. Many times in Brazil and here, uh, I was telling your pastor that, uh, by the way, I want you to know that you guys have a very dangerous pastor in a very dangerous church, okay? Can you give the Lord a hand for that? The explosive possibilities in this place are too many. If you wanted to live inside of a time bomb, you've got it. Amen? Is there a pick? Anybody can pick on me, please? Thanks. Thank you so much. Para lavar a Cristo, para lavar a Cristo, se necesita una boca de gracia, una boca de gracia, y arriba y arriba, arriba y arriba, por ti quiere, por ti quiere. Everybody, alabadle, alabadle, come on, alabadle, alabadle. Alaba, alaba al Señor Con cantos de amor De noche y de día Con mucha alegría En la casa, en el carro Y en el trabajo Y en mis vecinos De noche y de día Alaba al Señor Alabadle, come on Alaba Ay, ay, ay Alaba Alaba Alabar a Cristo. Give the Lord a hand. I love you, Lord. 
I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I love you, Lord. Can you sing that with me? I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I love you. These words just came out right now. Sing with me. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I love. Put your hand in your heart and sing it. I love you, Lord. I can't hear you. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I love. Only the men. the women all together let's just stand and sing I love you Lord oh I love you Lord with all my heart I love you Lord Raise your hands to him and sing, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, with all my heart, I love you, Lord, one more time, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, with all my heart, I love you, Lord. Softly, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I love. Close your eyes and say with eyes closed, I love. Sing it again, I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. With all my heart, I love Both hands over your heart, I love you. Maybe seated. Thank you so much. Bow with me for a moment, please. Just keep on in this attitude in the presence of God. You already heard a powerful intervention there by a girl. So now you know that it does not matter the age. At birth, the Lord can call you. Three years old, he can mark your life. 
seven years old, he can call you forever. And we just sang this song that just came out, just uh, spontaneous out of our heart, telling him that we love him. Maybe someone could be at the piano and play softly here for us. You just said uh, to him, you just confessed. I want you to close your eyes and look in the Lord Jesus' face right now as we sang this song. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. All my heart. I love you, Lord. And, and the Lord, and then you can hear the Lord Jesus say, those who love me, they obey my commandments. They will, they will do what I ask them to do. I ask you to go into all the world. I ask you to, to love the unloved. I ask you to, to touch the lives of those disadvantaged ones. Yes, Lord, I love you. Yes, do you love me? Go and be a bomb for me. Be a revolution for me. Uh, be a radical against sin in your own life and in your society, in your community. If you are a young person, the Lord is saying, yes, you love me. Go against sin in your middle school, in your high school, in your college, in your university. Those who love me do what I asked of them. They obey my commandments. Can you give me that D again? Mm -hmm. Give me an E. I love you, Lord. E? I love you, Lord. Sing with me. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. I love you, Lord. Father, as we continue sharing your words. Lord, I want to thank you first for this church, for this body, for this pastor, for his family. I want to thank you, Lord, for this uh, kindred spirit, for this heart, Lord, of revolution, for the heart for the nations. Lord, I thank you because uh, you've uh, granted, you've gifted this body, Lord, with a world vision. Lord, I thank you because you said to them, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the world for your possession. Lord, and uh, they've grabbed, Lord, they've reached to the stars and the sky is the limit for this church. There are no limitations. I declare that I'm standing before revolutionaries this morning. I'm, I declare that I'm standing, please stand up with me. Lord, I'm standing before men and women that will make a difference in Miami, that will make a difference in South Florida. I declare that I'm in front of men and women that will shake this world. I declare that I'm in the front of men and women of the capital 
caliber of Peter, James, and John, of Mary, of Mary Magdalene, of the Marys, the Rachels, the Hannahs of the Bible. Father, what a privilege to stand here today before revolutionary people, people that won't stand a life of sin, people that say no to Satan and to the devil every day and to sin in their lives and in their family every day, people who have taken a stand for you, Lord, in Miami, in Doral, in South Florida, and said, I don't care what my state says. I don't care how people live. I'm going to live a different life. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to shout for my God. I'm going to stand for my God as a radical. Oh, God, thank you for this church. Thank you for this pastor, oh, God. I bless this body. Lord, continue speaking to our hearts. Today, I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be, may be seated. Thank you. It's very dangerous to be in a church like this one. My mom prayed many years ago, Lord, I want to change the world. So God picked us and sent us as missionaries. And, um, I, I prayed a lot. Your pastor called me this week and I, I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's very easy for a preacher to preach. We have thousands of messages. We have hundreds of messages. We came to this country 29 years ago. Um, we were in Southern California for almost 20 of these years. And uh, with another friend from, from uh, Argentina, we started a church in Orange. It was birthed in our house. And from that, four other, three other churches started. Uh, Orange, uh, San Diego, Ensenada, and Tijuana. Uh, from the streets, I worked full-time on a, on a secular job for about seven years while the church had no means uh, to give us a salary, and after seven years, the church cut us a salary smaller than what I was doing in the world, so we could serve full-time. I was the worship uh, of the church, and uh, did everything, counseling, visitation, uh, and we, we did that. So, and uh, to, to make a sermon, uh, you don't, an hour cannot make a sermon, or, or, or two hours, or ten hours. As your pastor said, it takes a life. His life and his wife's uh, I saw you guys in the pictures on the internet. You guys look very good. And I just saw your family here. And uh, I saw several of you in your pictures also. You guys look awesome. My wife said, Paul, what a nice church. These people look nice. So it's a great privilege to be here today. Uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> so his life, uh, okay, people, I remember a guy one day, um, he came to our church in California. And, and uh, he was a psychologist. He was from Peru. He was from the higher-ups there in Peru. His mother was from the government. This man came to us. <clears throat> I was interpreting um, for an interpreting agency for workman's compensation cases. And uh, one day in a doctor's office, I met Guillermo, Guillermo Gutierrez. And uh, I saw him. Uh, we, he had to go to the, to the secretary. I was sitting on one of those uh, waiting chairs at the doctor's office. So the doctor would call us with our patient. The patient would express their pains in Spanish and we would turn to English so the doctor could know what was going on with, with the guy. So this Guillermo was a, was a <clears throat> new guy to the agency. We're just meeting that day. And as he walks to talk to the secretary, I'm looking him from behind. I don't know why, but I see his life broken in a million pieces. You know, like a shattered uh, windshield in a car. And he came back to sit down with me on that little bench there in the doctor's office. And I just asked him straight out, why is your life so shattered? 
He shook and said, what do you mean? I said, I saw your life in a million pieces. What's going on with your life? And he said, uh, well, I found out later he, he was married three times. Had three wives, one in Germany, one in Peru, and one in America. And uh, I don't know if three wives can shatter a guy, but I believe it can. <laughs> if with one, we have to know how to live with them, right? <clears throat> so, uh, but so many things in this man's life, a very smart psychologist, but his life was in shambles. He came to me in church, and that's something interesting happened in church. He came to a church uh, on Batavia Boulevard there, in, in Catella Boulevard in, uh, in Orange, the city of Orange. And uh, something interesting happened. He walks out. Uh, I'm outside greeting people. And uh, he went in, and someone greeted him, and he comes out shaking, literally shaking. And I said, Guillermo, what happened to you? And he started weeping and saying, nobody has hugged me like this in a long time. A greeter in the church, his name is Jose Cruz from Mexico, one of those bear, bear hug greeters, had hugged him. That's all that had happened. And his world had just come apart. And he said, nobody has hugged me like this in a long time. I believe that was the kickstart for his healing. Hugs heal, okay? Be a hugger. Daddy, be a hugger. Start with your wife, okay? Start with your daughter, with your son. People, greet, hug in church. Be the hug of God. Be the arm of God. And, uh, and then that man in uh, two or three months, he wanted us to fix his, his 30 years of messed up life. I said, Guillermo, oh, hold on. It took you 30 years to mess your life up. You want us to untangle you in one day, two days, one month, two months? Give us time. We don't know what to do with your three wives. <laughs> it's not easy like that. You know, they, they think we pastors can get, get a, a little rabbit out of, right, out of the hat and solve everybody's problem. No, we have to pray. We have to wait on the Lord and hear from the Lord. Uh, and sometimes it takes time. You want to know the end of the story, right? That's a good one, right? <laughs> he called a wife in Germany. I accept Jesus. I want to walk with God now. Um, what should I do? I want you to forgive me for everything. And uh, she said to him, the kids are, have grown already. I don't need you. You are released. Whew. So he was released from the first one. The second one, the American wife, this beautiful, gorgeous woman he had married, was already fed up with him anyway. <laughs> so he went and said, I want to walk with Jesus. She said, bye. So they called, she called, he called the one in Peru. He said, I came to Jesus, and I want to walk with God now. And uh, what do you want me to do? She said, yes, come for me. I want to be with you. And uh, the kids were little. They had uh, two little boys. He said, come and get me. He went to Peru and got her and came to church. And they had a little girl later, and his life was built back together. Can you say thank you to Jesus? That's our God. Amen. He does those kind of things. And Guillermo is there faithfully serving the Lord. So we, we did that for, for a while. We, we built churches there. But Guillermo one day came to me and said, uh, as we were preaching the word one day, uh, being a psychologist, be, being very smart, he said, uh, Pastor Paul, I believe I can preach one of those messages that you guys preach. It's very easy. I can prepare and preach. I said, Guillermo, you don't know how long it takes to make a message. It takes a life. You have to live it first before you speak. And he went, ah, oh. 
you know, this big ah of realization, you know. So all this to say that, guys, you know, it's, uh, it's not, we can preach, but then we come to a church where your pastor is a revolutionary pastor. And you guys here, I'm in the face of revolutionaries. So come with me in your Bibles to, to Matthew 25, 31. I have a few thoughts here before we end in a few minutes. Matthew 25, 31. I don't know if you have the Bible on the screen. You do? Okay. I love the Bible on the screen. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. Keep going. Next verse. Yes, He is able. <laughs> Can you just press the next verse and the next and the next? Yes, there are many folks. Jesus is jealous for me. Amen. Yes, he is. All the nations, you and I are there, okay? This is a day in the future. Back to the future, amen? All the nations, you and I are going to be there. We'll be gathered before him and it's time for separation. Can you imagine that day? Can you, can, you, can you use your imagination a little bit? The entire earth before Jesus Christ. And it's time where we're going to know if we are real or not, or not. If we came to church in vain. If we deceived the pastor or not. If we were for real or not. Time for separation, you know. He will separate them one from another. Can you imagine separating a daughter from a mother? A father from a son. One from another. Person to person. When we die, we get in a coffin. Have you guys ever seen a collective coffin? Two persons in a coffin? I've never seen you know, a funeral. It's one by one, right? We go one by one and we're going to stand before him one by one. As the shepherd divides, separates his sheep from the goats. Keep going. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Keep going. 34 now. Then the king will say to those on his right... On his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is really amazing. God has a kingdom. We live in the kingdom of the United States of America. I know it's a republic, but people who live in England, they live in a kingdom still, right? But you can call it a kingdom, you know, so for, for the sake of understanding. So he has a kingdom prepared for us before the world was made. Keep going. For I was hungry. Now, I thought he was going to say, because you preached many messages, because you were a powerful prophet of God, because you spoke in tongues, because you jumped very high in church and said, Hallelujah! Because you looked very holy. 
But look how simple it is to go to heaven. Look how simple it is to be on the right hand of Jesus on that day. That, that's, well, I thought I had to be this or that, this holier, that holier, do this or do that, or play this hoop or, that, or jump this hoop or, or do this or that. No, but Lord, is that simple to go to heaven? I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, a foreigner. An illegal alien. And you took me in. Keep going. I was naked. I was without clothes. And you closed me. Yes, you can spiritualize all these words, okay? All these words. But he is, is the real thing right there. I was sick. And you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Keep going. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you to drink, give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. If you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Keep going. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So how easy is to go to hell also. Easy to go to heaven, but it's also easy to go to hell. I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Keep going. And these will go away into everlasting, very hard word, right? Everlasting, lasting forever, punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Is there a next verse? Pastor, I know my time is up. Let's all stand with me, please. Um, close your eyes with me and let's end.
The title of my message this morning was and is Incarnation. Incarnation, carne in Spanish means flesh. The verse in John 1 is, and the word became flesh. It's very easy to go to heaven from South Florida, from Miami, from Doral. Because you see those people that we saw on the screen right now, you see them every day as you drive the streets of Miami. My challenge to you this morning is, what are you going to do about them? What are you going to do about them? What you do about them, from what you do about them, will depend your eternity. Your eternity hangs on what we don't have to go to Africa or to India or to Brazil. They are right here at our doorstep. I'm going to end asking... For those who want to make a decision today, that they will feed the hungry, that they will clothe the naked, that they will give something to drink to the thirsty ones, that you're going to start going more to the hospitals and to the jails, that you're going to open your house to those in need, that you're going to help the illegal so they become legal. That you're going to stop criticizing and going to start loving. And making a way for them to become what you have become in this nation. I'm raising my hand all the way, my right hand all the way up. Anyone with me that is saying to the Lord, Lord, today I make a vow to you, Lord. I will see. I won't turn a blind eye anymore. I see many hands. Let the Holy Spirit touch you, people of all ages. Lord, I promise. Lord, I will do something. I won't be indifferent anymore. I use my talent, my resources, Lord. And I will go and I'll feed them. Lord, I will open my house. I won't be an island anymore. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you.